Well, church, will you help me thank Courtney and Kelly for sharing a bit of their story? It's beautiful. Great job. I remember meeting their grandfather for the first time and being so impressed and encouraged with the history of this particular church and how there have been so many incredible, faithful, godly people that have been a part of building this place. And we stand on their shoulders today as we celebrate a wonderful 49 years. And I am wearing my white pants and blue blazer. So funny story about that. When their grandfather was here and he passed in 2018, but as we were preparing to walk through groundbreaking on this property in 2016, had been in the middle school for a long time and God was on the move and we were really just thrilled about finally coming back to this piece of property and having our church home. And I remember that picture of him in 1972 or 73 when they broke ground on what is now the office building. And he had on those fancy white pants and his blue blazer and I said, Bob, we're going to be breaking ground again and I really like that outfit of yours. And he looked at me and said, I still have it. I said, you're kidding me. You've got the white pants and the blue blazer from 40-some years ago? And he said, yeah, and I'm going to wear it for groundbreaking. I'm like, well, that would be great. I think you should. A couple of weeks later, he came to church, and we were at the middle school at the time. He walked in the lobby, and he had a blue blazer and a pair of white pants for me and said, I want you to wear it too so we can twin together on this groundbreaking day. And that's a very special memory I have of a special man and a special family that has given so faithfully to this church. Listen, God has been good to Valley Point for 49 years. Can you imagine? And if you are unaware of our church and our history, you got a little bit of that today. Know that you are now standing on the shoulders of these very faithful people and whether you wear white pants or not, or blue blazer, it doesn't matter. We're here, and we're family, and I like wearing this today because it honors the past, and I think we have a very bright future as well. So God only knows what is going to happen in the next 49 years, but together, I believe we will continue to be a very bright light here in this location and wherever God takes us. So will you help me just thank God for an amazing 49 years? Can we do that? Yeah. And I think it's appropriate that on this day we celebrate a bit of our history, that we are thinking about essential Christian practices. I think that would be really important for the individuals who helped form and shape this church from the very beginning, that we would go back occasionally and just say, you know what, if we're going to walk with God, and by the way, if you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, walking with God should be a great priority in your life. So if we're going to walk with God, there are some essential things or essential practices that I think we have to engage in on a regular basis. And so we're in this theme called the walk, and we're investigating these five practices Last week, we introduced the first practice of worship and prayer. 
So a believer, a follower of Jesus, they engage in worship or responding to the greatness of God. And that's how we defined it. And then we talked about prayer as a way to daily worship God. We come before him with these two simple phrases. Remember them? Thank you and I love you. So we engage in weekly worship. That's what we're doing now. So thank you for participating in this. I think it's really valuable. And then we also should be engaging in daily worship through our daily prayers. That's the first essential practice of worship and prayer. Today we're going to add to that this essential practice of studying the Word of God and doing that beyond what we do here on Sundays. And we'll unpack that a little bit and I hope it makes sense and I hope that it inspires you and you walk out of here in just a few moments ready to say, you know what, on Sundays I need to feed myself, I have to nourish my body spiritually, but I have to keep doing that on Monday through Saturday. That's the goal with us walking out of here. I've shared this before, but I compare Bible intake to eating. And if we are going to grow spiritually, we have to eat from the Word of God and allow it to challenge us and convict us. So, here are a couple of questions as we begin. You think about these in relationship to your own life. Question number one. If your growth in godliness were measured by the quality of your Bible intake, what would be the result? This is a great question for us to contemplate, isn't it? If you're thinking about measuring yourself in godliness when it comes to Bible intake, what would that look like for you? That's the first question. Here's the second one. What is one thing you can do to improve your Bible intake. Because wherever you are today, there is another step to take that, again, just grows our walk with God. So I want you to be considering these two questions as we move through our time. If your growth and godliness were measured by the quality of your Bible intake, what would be the result? And then what is one thing you can do to improve your Bible intake? Again, Bible intake is like eating Taking in Scripture is how we feed ourselves spiritually. Now, let's talk about food, shall we? Pretty much everybody I know loves food. And we all have our favorite kinds and types, but everybody loves food. Right now, you're probably thinking about food and what you're going to eat coming out of this and what you're going to eat later in the day. And then there's Monday through Saturday and all the stuff that needs to be eaten on those days. We love dreaming and thinking and planning about food. We love going out to eat. We love taking pictures of what we eat and posting it on social media because we're all kind of crazy about food. And that's okay because food is a really good thing, isn't it? I mean, I like food. Outside of the enjoyment of food, it is something that nourishes us. It sustains us. Without food, we begin to fade. And our bodies get into a lot of trouble. Now, speaking of food... Well, look at that. I actually have a table over here and a plate of food. Sundays are really busy days for me in the morning, and I don't often get a lot of time to sit down and have a nice breakfast before coming here. So I talked to my friends at the coffee station, John and Barb, and they prepared a little bit of food for me so that I could pause 
on a day we're talking about nourishing our bodies physically and I would be able to eat. So we have some chocolate chip pancakes here. My favorite thing at the coffee station, by the way, I love their pancakes. And we have some home fries. Oh my, you're really missing out. I wish you could enjoy this. This is how my grandfather always stirred his coffee. It was really obnoxiously loud. I think he did that to irritate us. So I'm just following his example. Mm. Wow. The food. It's so good. Chocolate chip pancakes. I love it. Now think about this for a moment. If you don't eat for a period of time, but what happens to you? What happens? Well, you probably get angry or hangry. I don't know. You begin to fade a little bit because there is something about food that nourishes us and strengthens us. Now, here's the deal. Most of us would never consider skipping food for a long period of time. We may skip meals here and there for a variety of reasons, but over a long period of time, we would never consider doing that. And the reason we wouldn't do that is because our body fades and it's just not good for us physically. So we come back to the table or we go out to eat or we get together with friends and we nourish our bodies physically because that's what our bodies need. So we generally don't skip meals we generally don't even skip a day of food. Maybe occasionally here and there for something special, we may skip a meal, but we rarely do that because our bodies need nourishment. We would never plan to miss feeding ourselves physically on Monday through Saturday. I mean, we just wouldn't do it. We wouldn't survive. We'd be in a lot of trouble. But here's what I've discovered. Often, we feed ourselves spiritually on Sunday and we come to this table and we eat and it tastes good and we enjoy it. Hopefully, that's how you feel. And we fill our souls with the Word of God so that we can go out and survive another seven days. But then imagine, and I throw myself into this category as well, what tends to happen occasionally is that we feed ourselves spiritually on Sunday. But we're okay with not eating spiritually on Monday through Saturday. And we miss out in that period of time on the Word of God dynamically impacting our hearts and helping us to be bright lights and helping us to walk with God in unique and deep ways. So we would never think about missing food on Monday through Saturday. But again, I put myself into this category. It's not unusual for us to feast on the Word of God in a place like this on Sunday and then kind of forget about it or not do anything spiritually for our souls on Monday through Saturday. I think that's kind of dangerous because the Word of God is something that we need consistently and regularly in our lives, not just on Sunday, but outside of here. 
I think we need that. Are you ready for a big idea? It sounds like this. Walking with God through a regular intake of Scripture outside of Sunday is a splendid choice. So, here's the encouragement. Let's all be splendid, (laughs) shall we? Let's pursue being splendid followers of God. In week one, we talked about being fantastic. Let's do that as we walk with God. Let's be fantastic. We're now going to add the word splendid to that. And the way we become splendid followers is through a regular intake of Scripture. This is how we feed ourselves in the Word of God. And this is how we deepen our walk with Him. So let's consider doing that outside of Sunday. Now, we could probably just pray right here and be done and send everybody out to eat because you're hungry now because I've been eating and you can consider how you can improve all of that in your life. But I have some more stuff for you, including a paragraph of scripture. So if you have a Bible or device, I want you to find Acts chapter 17. Acts is a New Testament book. It comes right after the Gospel of John. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, follows John. It's written by Dr. Luke, who also wrote Luke's gospel. The book of Acts is a sequel to Luke's gospel. And what we find right away in Acts chapter 1 is that Jesus has returned to heaven. He's completed his work. He came to live, die, rise again, paying the price for our sins. All of that has happened. Jesus is now gone. He's back in heaven with his Father And now there is this group called the church, which we are a part of and have been for 49 years now. This group was forming in Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2. And what we discovered last week in chapter 2 is that they worshiped together. They responded to the greatness of God. And they did that weekly and they did that daily. And let's take that essential practice and do it as well. When you continue to walk through the book of Acts, you find all kinds of things that the early church was engaged in, like daily intake of the Word of God. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 10 in just a moment. Before I do that, though, I want to share some statistics with you on Bible intake based on what practicing Christians shared. So this is research from the Barna Group, a very reputable firm. And here's what they found on practicing Christians in relationship to their Bible intake. So these are individuals who are yes to Jesus. We're following him. We believe in him. We're all good with that. So here's what these practicing followers of Jesus said about Bible intake. The research revealed that 28% of practicing Christians every day spend a little bit of time in Scripture. That's pretty good. They also discovered that 11% are about four times a week where they invest time in Scripture. So 39% of these practicing Christians were either every day or at least pretty consistent throughout the week. Now, what they discovered is that 42% of, again, practicing Christians stated "Eh, once a week, maybe once a month, one or two times a year that I'm investigating the Word of God on my own or never. And then there's 19% that were somewhere in between all of that. So 39% somewhat consistent, 
42%, not necessarily very consistent at all. As we walk through this essential practice, this is about calling us up into saying, I must, (laughs) I must. If I'm going to have a dynamic walk with God, if I'm going to deepen that, then feeding myself spiritually throughout the entire week is something that I must do. I have to get consistent with this. And we want to be like the Bereans, which is a group of believers that we see in Acts chapter 17. So let's read this together. Here's what verse 10 says. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. Okay, some context here. The Apostle Paul has a ministry partner by the name of Silas. And they have been traveling around the region. And you can see this particular region on the map here. They have been in Thessalonica. And there they have been teaching the Word of God. And that's all in the northern portion of Greece. Thessalonica and Berea. These are real cities and real places. But here's what happened in Thessalonica. They got a little angry at Paul and Silas. They didn't like what they were saying. And so there's a group of people that wanted to drag the Apostle Paul. If you could imagine. This guy who's really close to God. They wanted to grab the Apostle Paul and his ministry partner Silas. And take them out of the city and do terrible things to them. Well, Paul and Silas got wind of this and said, we want no part of that. (laughs) We don't want that to happen to us, so we're just going to get out of Thessalonica. This must be God's way of telling us to leave, and that's exactly what they did. They traveled 50 miles southwest to the city of Berea, and that's where we pick up the story. When they, when Paul and Silas arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, and the people of Berea, now, Just imagine this, okay? Because we said, as we walk out of here, let's be like the Bereans. So here's what happened to them. The people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly. If you like to highlight and underline, those are two words to grab. They listened eagerly, which means... They were willing and they were ready. They were leaning forward in their seats or pews or whatever they had back in the day because they wanted to hear what Paul and his ministry partner Silas had to say. They were listening eagerly with willingness and readiness to Paul's message. And get this, here's the next part. They searched. They searched. Will you say that with me? They searched. One more time. They searched. Now, here's the idea of this word in the construction of the sentence. They searched. It means they studied thoroughly. So Paul's talking. He's teaching. Silas is talking. He's teaching. And they're taking in this content. And you get the idea that they studied it on their own thoroughly. The picture here is that they were sifting through the information. So again, here's Paul, here's Silas, here's the Word of God, here's what it says. And you get the idea that the Bereans were taking that and they were sifting through it on their own. You also get the picture that they did their own research as if they were preparing for a legal debate. But you've got to really prepare for those. 
So the picture here is extraordinary. They listened eagerly. They're leaning forward. And I see so many of you doing that as well. And I want to thank you. And then they took it from there and they searched. They sifted through the information. They did their own research and they took it seriously. So they searched the scriptures. Now get this, day after day. (laughs) So it wasn't a one-time thing. No, they listened and then they did the sifting day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, here's what happened. Okay, they're listening and they're doing their own research. As a result of that, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men, and a very diverse church begins to form. I think as a result of their willingness to listen and to search the scriptures. So what we find here is just a beautiful picture of a faith community, the Bereans. And did you pick up on this? They listened eagerly. That's just what they were doing as the word of God was taught, as they were being fed, as they were seeking nourishment from the word of God for their souls. They listened eagerly to that, and then they took it a step further Day after day, they just kept searching and researching to make sure that what was being said to them was accurate and true. And as a result, many people believed. So they listened eagerly and they studied thoroughly. And the text tells us day after day, day after day, listening and studying. They were feeding themselves beyond just what Paul and Silas gave to them. Now, can I encourage you, church? Can I do that? I see so many of you embracing the Bereans' activity. And maybe you've never heard that before and didn't know that's what they did. But I see so many of you acting like the Bereans. You are listening with eagerness and you are doing your own study outside of Sunday. All kinds of stories of individuals doing this and groups doing this. And I get questions and I think all of this is amazing and beautiful. And so I want to encourage you as you engage with scripture outside of Sunday in a regular way, God's going to use that. And that's happening here. It's happening here and it's a beautiful thing. So many of us acting like the Bereans. Today is about a call to let's keep going forward with that and let's all act like the Bereans. But so many of you are doing this and it's very encouraging. And you know what? It's not just in here. It's not just in here. I reached out to Mike McConnell, our student ministry pastor, and said, talk to me about some of the things that our students are doing right now in relationship to study of the Word of God. I'm talking about students in 6th through 12th grade. They're having a wonderful time. They get together and play games, and there's all kinds of activities. But beyond that, there's a growing group (laughs) investing in the Word of God, and it's amazing. You'll love this. Here's what he shared with me. Valley Point Student Ministry has a deep passion for God's Word, and I see it developing. We have had around 20 students complete a Bible challenge to read one chapter a day for a month. Okay, now think about that. We're talking about 6th through 12th grade students, and 20 of them just completed a Bible challenge 
where they read a chapter a day for a month. I thought you might applaud because that's phenomenal. Let's do that. Right? We're talking about students reading the Word of God. Come on, that's not supposed to happen, but they're doing it. And 20 of them, 20, oh my word. Many of our students have dusted off their Bibles and have begun a deeper relationship with God in their homes. Our Bible study has been growing each week to around 40 students. It is truly remarkable to have a student ministry with so many kids thirsting to know Jesus. That's great news, isn't it? Oh my to think that they're student, they're thirsting to know Jesus? Come on. But that's what's happening. Each week we have more and more students publicly praying and feeling burdened to invite their friends to church through Bible study. They have learned the importance of the Great Commission. They're acting like the Bereans. <laughs> they're listening and studying it and then they're beginning to act and it's making a difference. And many have dedicated themselves to carrying this out daily. God's blessing is truly upon us. And our students have a prosperous future ahead of them. Great news. For all the students in the room, and some of you are here, let me encourage you that you are making incredibly wise choices right now by engaging in Scripture if you're doing that. And if not, you should take that challenge with the rest of your peers. Because here's what the rest of the church needs. Here's what I need. The inspiration of young people saying that matters and it's really important and your choosing to do that is going to inspire this whole church to rise up into that. So students, keep going. Keep setting the example for your whole church and adults. Let's follow their example, okay? Let's do that and embrace what they are doing as well so that we can, remember, it's all about spiritual nourishment, Let's take their challenge upon us as well so that we can be feeding ourselves spiritually and not starving in the middle of the week. Let me talk to you about what's happening online with our online church in relationship to study of the Word of God. You know, not everyone is able to be in person right now. And for those of you who are watching online, we're grateful for you and we're thankful that you're engaging with the church this way. Not everybody can be in here and we're working really hard to extend grace and respect everyone's choices as we walk through this period of time of coming back into the church and doing other activities. And not everyone can be in here right now and that's okay. That's okay. Here's why it's okay. So many people are engaging with the word of God online and they're sharing it with us. Let me give you just a, a couple of thoughts on that. Someone a couple of weeks ago posted this. You know, that chapter of Scripture, great chapter. Great chapter. And I need to meditate on it this week. Now, we've blurred out the name, but that's someone who has posted online, and their face is there, and they're talking about what Scripture is doing for them. And then somebody else on this particular day said, you know what, I love Psalm 121. When we read that and we talked about that, somebody posted Psalm 121. It's tasty, right? The Word of God is tasty. And that's what they're saying. So encouraging. 
And I want to applaud all those who are watching online and are demonstrating that they are acting like the Bereans. So whether it's here in the room or online and in every other application in our church, let's look at Acts chapter 17 and allow that to feed us spiritually throughout the week. Because we can't just eat on Sunday spiritually. Is that making sense? Wonderful. So let me give you some takeaways. Are you ready? Let me review the questions before the takeaways. If your growth and godliness were measured by the quality of your Bible intake, what would it be? And then what is one thing you can do to improve your Bible intake? All right, remember those questions. Here we go. Takeaway number one. Take advantage of Sunday. Take full advantage of Sunday, and all of you are doing that. And again, I applaud you and thank you. It is wonderful to see you. I love you, and it's wonderful just to walk through all of this together as a faith community. I want to encourage you to keep taking advantage of Sunday. Every week, we open up the Word of God, with a few exceptions here and there, and say, here's what God's Word is speaking Here's what it's communicating to us. And here's what we need to do as a result of that. Like we all need this nourishment and it starts on Sunday. You know, we even state as part of our vision map that we are passionate about following Jesus and applying biblical truth so it makes a difference in how we live. That's more than a mantra hanging on a wall somewhere. (laughs) It's something we want everyone to be living out. Let's apply biblical truth so that it makes a difference where we live, work, and play. That all starts on Sunday. So take full advantage of what happens here. Allow this time to feed you spiritually. But we can't stop there. So let me share some thoughts with you coming out of taking advantage of Sunday that I think will be great for all of us. Because we're talking about Monday through Saturday. How do we engage And how do we take this essential Christian practice to a new level during that time period and feed ourselves? Well, here's a few thoughts flowing out of Sunday. Every week, we print a scripture reading plan. And you can find that online under the Sunday resources. We're working hard not to pass anything out for this particular time and season. So you can download. It doesn't look anything like that quite yet. We'll get to that in just a moment. But if you go to... You can get rid of that. You can get rid of that one. Thank you. If you go to our website and look under Sunday resources, there's a Sunday handout. And on the Sunday handout, you can get the outline for today. And then underneath that, there's a scripture reading plan, Monday through Friday. A great way to engage with scripture. Just about every week, the flow of that comes out of what we teach on Sundays. So we're talking about taking this and how do we eat the rest of the week. Well, that scripture reading plan on Monday through Friday flows out of what we talk about right here. And what you will find is that tomorrow, if you embrace this, you're in Acts chapter 17. Well, how about it? That's what we read today. So you get to review some of the things that we discussed right here and allow that to feed your soul on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I believe it's Acts chapter 18. And you can kind of continue the story of what's happening in the early church. It's a great way to feed yourself. The Monday through Friday Bible reading plan. It's excellent. Now, here's something else that you can find online. It's these resources that we saw just a few moments ago. If you go to Sunday Resources and look, you will find two different Bible study plans. This grow plan is a one-page plan. If you just want to 
deepen your friendship with God a little bit, here's one page. And this actually flows out of what I discussed today. It's talking about an approach to reading the scripture and allowing that to feed you. That's one thing you can find. If you keep looking, you'll then find a five-page document that goes a little bit deeper and provides for you a Sunday through Saturday reading plan with prayers and activities all related to these essential Christian practices. If you download it this week, you'll be talking about feasting on Scripture, and this is a way for you to feed yourself throughout the week. If you have kids with you, and they're participating in Lil' K or Kid Point, they have excellent materials, these cards that are presented for parents, and you can read through that and maybe even walk through those things with your kids, and together you can feast on the Word of God outside of Sunday. All kinds of resources available for you. Take advantage of Sunday. It's what it's here for, and then allow some of these other things to feed you in the middle of the week. Here's takeaway number two. Go back to your life verse. How about life verse? So I was reviewing my life verse that I chose back in January. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3. I hadn't reviewed it for a little bit. So as I was preparing for this, I'm like, hey, everybody should go back and think about their life verse. And if you were part of this in January 2020, you probably remember walking through this exercise. If you didn't, hey, it's not too late to pick a verse or two to anchor your soul in for the rest of October, November, and December. And then January 2021 is coming. Life verse returns, and we're going to pick new verses and have a church-wide life verse. It's going to be incredible. So put it down on your calendar and don't miss it. All right? It's going to be amazing. So I was reviewing my life verse, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if anyone asks you about your hope as a believer, be ready to share that with gentleness and respect. Wow. I had no idea in January 2020 that we would walk through a pandemic and racial tension and have an election that's very polarizing, all of these things that we're feeling, and everybody's opinion about everything in the world. Wow, I have needed to go back to this several different times when people talk about you and your hope as a believer. Be ready to explain that with gentleness and respect. If there are two words that I have needed, and I would say we probably all need as followers of Jesus, it's gentleness and respect. Reviewing your life first. If you go back and look at what you chose in January, if you were part of that, you may be shocked at how applicable that is today. So go back and review your verses. We also chose some church-wide life verses. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. I asked everybody to memorize it. Are you ready? Here we go. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the... All right, let's try it again, shall we? Here we go with a little bit of enthusiasm and fake it. You can fake it, it's okay. Somebody in here has got to know it. Here we go, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to... Yeah, everyone in the house. Wow. Has that been applicable to 2020? I was talking to someone this week about our life verse, and they paraphrased it this way. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket or under a table. That's ridiculous. (laughs) 
And I think that's a great way to state, be a bright light. Don't be ridiculous. So reviewing these things again throughout the week, it helps us to remember where God wants us to be. One more takeaway. Review your time, place, and plan. Look, you've heard me talk about this before. If you want to feed yourself throughout the week, it's really important that you prioritize it with a time. And I think if you have a regular time, you'll be better at it. And if you have a place, where's that sacred spot? At home, at the office, wherever it may be. That chair time that you meet with God, where is that? And what's your plan? Without a plan, it probably won't happen. So time, place, and plan, these things really help us to feed ourselves throughout the week. And maybe your plan is the five-day reading plan. Maybe it's these devotionals that are online. Listen, it is not difficult to find a plan. It's not hard at all. There are so many resources and apps and ways that you can just dive into the Word of God, find something that works for you, and do it. And if you start something and it doesn't work, move on and try something else and keep trying something until it sticks and you're able to engage in feeding yourself and nourishing your life spiritually outside of Sunday. Time, place, and plan. Let me repeat the big idea. Walking with God through a regular intake of Scripture outside of Sunday is a splendid choice. So let's be splendid this week, okay? Let's do that and act like the Bereans. Father, we thank you for today and for the opportunity to look at this passage in Acts chapter 17 and allow it to feed us spiritually. I pray as we all walk out of here in just a few moments that we would take it upon ourselves to say, okay, I've been fed today, but I need to keep eating spiritually tomorrow and the next day and so on and so forth. I have to keep doing that. So help us all to make some really good choices about what that looks like for us so we can be splendid when it comes to this essential practice. God, our walk with you can grow. It can deepen. And I think you want that for each and every one of us. Both here in the room and for those who are watching online. You want that for us. But it's our choice. So help us all to commit right now to deepening our walk with you by feeding ourselves spiritually throughout the week and embracing a time, a place, and a plan and asking you to speak to us, asking you to help us be like the Bereans who listened and then researched. Help us to be that kind of faith community, knowing it will enhance our walk with you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen.